Есть на земле большая страна, прекрасна отчизна и духом сильно богатство природы, широкий край Россия. Славься, родная моя, герои в память храни на века священные земли, победный май Россия. Здесь берегли достоинство, честь, здесь волю храбрых поступков нищие, здесь мирное небо над головой далось большой ценой. Славься, родная моя, герои в память храни на века священные земли, победный май Россия. Здесь я родился, здесь пригожусь, и жизнь, если нужно, дам я сорусь за белые рощи, любимый дом и всех, кто будет в нем. Славься, родная моя, герои в память храни на века священные земли, победный май Россия. Славься, родная моя, герои в память храни на века священные земли, победный май Россия. Good evening, Patriots, and it's Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. It's been that way all day, except if you're on the East Coast, you are now into April 20th, Wednesday. (laughs) Well, I don't know if anybody knows this, but 29 years ago today, on 4-19-1993, 82 men, women, and children 
were shot or burned alive by the FBI and its group, the ATF as well, the United States government, down in Waco, Texas. Just so it's something to remember. The possibilities of are limitless in what this government will do at some times. Before we begin tonight, just a quick reminder about your health and your immune system. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at expeditioncoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Patriots, the time that we're in right now is obviously very challenging, and I think it's a place that we have to all remember what we're dealing with in terms of our government. And that's not an easy place to be. But we also have to remember that we are all sons of God and what that means to endure. There's a great quote, Patricia McKillop. Night is not something to endure until dawn. It is an element like wind or fire. Darkness is its own kingdom. It moves to its own laws, and many living things dwell in it. There's an interesting world that we live in where darkness is not our friend, and it's been driven into us for years, actually since birth, that somehow in the darkness we're supposed to stay away, stay indoors. And this perception that it's a it's something scary all the way out there. Part of that is the simple primal sense that we physically, our eyes are not geared in normal sense to see in the night. When, with the development of night vision, the real theme came out that we own the night in the military. But the principle of darkness is it is just another element like wind and fire. And I say all this because our world is very different than what we perceive it to be. The more that we dig into what we don't know, the more that we realize how far we are from the actual truth, and worse, how much of this illusion has been constructed to keep us away from the truth and ultimately away from our relationship with God. Darkness is one of those aspects of life. 
I happen to love darkness. I, I love the night. I love being in the night. I love the early mornings before sunrise. There's a p- calm and a peacefulness, and there's a there's a uniqueness in that in that realm, so to speak. And as we start to overcome some of these barriers that have been brainwashed into us since birth, we start to embrace the world and the greater place and the greater creation that it is. Tonight I want to dig into Romans eight fourteen to 39. I want to dig into this a bit and, and kind of contemplate a lot of what this is saying. So let me begin here. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. There is an, a sharing in this experience as we walk in this world and an expectation that this has never been intended to be an easy walk. Hence the reason I say often that convenience is the death of humanity. So much of what has been put before us and lures us in are the principles of convenience, ease. We, we seek things to be easier and much of that translation in our world comes out to it be things become easier if you have more money these are all just illusions and they're illusions that actually lead us into a darkness far away from god continuing with romans starting at at 818 for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth, together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for who, for what he already sees? What if we hope, but if we hope for what we do not see, with per- perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. I think much of that is to, we walk by faith, not by sight. So much of our world is intentionally wrapped around material possession. And when we see hope in this world, it's we're seeing material things in hope. We see a world where we hope that we'll have a bigger car or another car. We hope that we'll have a bigger house or another house. We hope that we'll have land or, or we'll hope that we travel. We hope that we have a large bank account. These things are not of God. They're the material traps of the world because God will provide all that we need as we present to him. 
But the, the issue is greater. We, we don't spend enough time in the visions of accomplishing the great things as God intends us to accomplish in this world. And that's all of us, I would say. Not being exclusive or targeting to anyone, it's just the principle that as we live in a world like this that is shaped around a material construct, it's very difficult to break through and pierce that veil so that we're beginning to visualize a greater purpose that we have here on earth. That's really pretty fundamental right now because so much of what we're facing is a collapse of an old world, an old world order. And within the ashes, there's an eager willingness of a new world order to rise up within it. And it's going to offer similar traps. It's technology offerings that will be a little more bedazzling. They'll lure you in with different promises. But at the end of the day, none of it matters if we aren't coming closer to God and aren't building a system that is more aligned with him and truly puts God back on the throne above this nation and above this land. Continuing at 26, Romans 8, 28, 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he also searches the hearts, knows what the minds of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is an interesting passage in that and certain truth that we don't know how to pray as we should. I don't know that there's a right or wrong way to pray other than it's a deeper reflection of relationship. And as we seek that deeper and more intimate relationship in Christ and the more deep and intimate relationship thus to Father, we find ourselves, I think, more able to fluidly have a conversation rather than follow a rigid form of what is considered right or wrong. To me, that's a really important component here because we're structured a great deal in all things. We're told what is right. We're told, when I say this, there is a we can judge that right or wrong with Scripture, but we're told that there's a format of things. There's an equation so much, that there is a way that we must pray. There's a way we must do things. Now, Christ has laid out a, rule, a way to pray, as he did with and he's talked about that in, his, in, in the New Testament. But that's not really what I'm getting at. The, the point is that on a daily conversation, we have to have a very, in my opinion, a very fluid conversation and develop a very fluid conversation with Father because that's how we develop that intimacy with us as children of a Father. And it is that that he is trying to share through us and share with us this experience. And we, as we open that door for him to share with us, we can, we walk together in this time and truly embolden our walk and free us from so much of the traps and burdens of this world. And I think it's within that space truly that as we build that intimacy, that we begin to see a bigger picture of what we're really here for. And it sure as heck isn't the latest pair of Nikes or the new, the new iPhone. But again, it, we are so easily pulled off of our commitment to, to God and so easily pulled into the bowels of these traps of material possession and ultimately idolatries that it's very difficult to uproot that and to get back on a path. It can be done. It is done. We do that in part 
when we, when we accept Christ in our life and we're truly remade. But that in itself is just the beginning because the walk now continues and it becomes more demanding. And the deeper that we get into that place, the more and the more intimacy we develop, the less anything around us has any bearing or binding on us. This is a strange world that we're in. The more that we learn about it, I think the more that we realize just how bizarre of a world we've actually been when been in but been unconscious to. We hear more and more of the discussions of, of this of these elites using spells, which they do, by the way. In fact, there was a crazy article that came up today that they're assembling in Ukraine. They're assembling all of the Satanists that they can and witches to cast a spell on Putin. And the, the Russians are assembling all of the priests and the shamans together to cast a counter spell on Ukraine. This is not, I'm not making this up. This is truly what is happening. And as crazy as you can say, and I know people think it's funny, the fact of the matter is that this is getting into a level of spiritual warfare that most of us have no comprehension about. And it's, they're playing in realms that we're, we're pulling at things that are quite simply are probably pretty simple to solve through prayer. But I, I'm not one that just casts it off with humor <clears throat> because there is a, there's a great deal of force going on in this world. And as I've said before, when you cast off an enemy and you laugh at them for the, what they believe, you open yourself up to be trapped by what they said. This group that rules the world, let me stress that again, this group that rules the world that has put most of us under all of us at one point or another under an illusion has done so through incantations has done so through curse through their sort of spells and has done so through worship. And it's only now that we're beginning to wake up and beginning to see things. But even then their traps are everywhere and they're all over our, our framework of money, our frame, framework of ownership, our framework of getting loans on our houses, loans on our cars, all of this is part of their incantation and traps. They believe it. We accept it. By accepting a contract by our free will, we get trapped into their system. And that's the whole principle of this, is that all of this centers around our free will and honestly, our foolishness for thinking it's funny and not, and not taking it seriously to what they actually do. It's a very diligent walk to be able to step away from all of that and truly trust in God. And each day to face that new challenge of having to be reborn and remade in Christ. And some of that comes through a daily process of repentance. We are in a time right now when spiritual warfare is at its peak. And there is a vicious fight going on here for the capturing of the souls. And I... I sit and I look back, and it's really not that difficult if we sit and we put our faith and trust in God, but the problem is that that intimacy in the relationship is often not there. I know that if you think back and you really ask yourself, and I think it's an important place, if Christ was confronted with these sorts of fights like going on in Ukraine and Russia, would he sit back and laugh at it? And I would say no, he wouldn't. He would observe it. He'd probably talk to it. But it wouldn't be something that would be taken lightly because we're dealing with forces and principalities beyond our reach and beyond our control. And whether these people understand fully what they're doing or not, they're being led to wage war against each other and spiritual realms. 
And it's there that we have to find our greater strength and our solidity in the rock of faith that we walk upon. Continuing at Romans 8.28, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed in the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. I really find this verse, this Romans 8.28 to be a fascinating passage because when we consider what is being said, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. A critical distinction that is made there, that in fact there is, if you're not believing in God, that it's not necess- it's in, the implied is that not, it doesn't necessarily make, mean that all things will work together for good. The importance of our walk within this time, this walk of intimacy with Father, cannot be overstated. It is a time when we are truly, in my opinion, being challenged daily on many, many levels. There are tremendous amount of tests being put before us that are being placed in our pathway to try to trip us up and take us away from that deep relationship with Father. And it's something that as the more diligent we become in that, the more we become diligent in our lives to uncover where we're hooked, where we're trapped, where we're controlled, the more effort we're making and the more clarity we gain into our purpose and the intent of what we have to achieve to break free. This life is more than just a waiting time. It isn't just about marking time until we're dead. And unfortunately, way too many people, I believe, that I've encountered anyway, look at this as a once saved, they just see it as a marking time until the end comes. If that doesn't make any sense scripturally, if that was the case, why bother? Why not just take us now? We have a real purpose here on this, on this time in which we live, and God has empowered us and given us dominion over evil. Christ has said that in his own words. So if we have dominion over evil, the question is, why would it be so easy just to accept Christ and we have nothing left to do? Our work just begins, and it's a tremendous amount of work and it is a, it's a work that we have to work continually to embrace and to, totally understand what our birthright is. We are truly, as is said in, in Romans here, that we are of, of noble birth. We are, of God's, we are God's children, and that means something. It's not just to sit here and to mark our time, figure out how we're going to get through the next day, but it's purpose-driven. Continuing with Romans 8.31, What then... What then shall these what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over to us all, who will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather than who was raised. Who is it that at the right hand of God, who also intercedes with us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? 
Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as, as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We, are, we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we were overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And yet we've seen it happen. Because it's, a, it's not that it, can, it won't be separated, it's our free will. There's nothing more important in this process in the end is how we choose. Our choice is a daily choice to walk with Christ. Our choice is a daily choice to keep true to that path. And that means to me anyway that every single day is an obligation to identify those places where I'm being pulled away, where I'm deviating from Scripture, whether that is a debt, whether that is an obsession, whether that is an idolatry, each day there is something I have to address and to try to improve upon. I have seen so much fakery within the realm of church, in the institution of the church over my life, that it, was a lo- it took a long time to develop an intimate relationship with Christ, not because I Christ was, wasn't there, but because my judgment was coming about the, the falsity that exists within the walls of churches. And it's, it's very pervasive. And sadly, it's the, the hypocrisy of saying one thing and living another life. If we're going to truly walk in that path, it isn't whether we are 100% in the path. It's that every action that we do should drive us closer to freeing ourselves in the way that we would be expected to live. And that goes to all these things, whether it's idolatries, debt, <clears throat> our relationship with money, our relationship with, with Jesus, our, how we relate to Jesus in a daily life, whether we're seeking intimacy in that relationship or sitting in a pew waiting for somebody to tell us how to worship, these relationships that we have and this as we walk and we build this depth within us is critical, a critical place for us to build closeness and strength within us as we walk on this earth. In this time when so much is collapsing, I should really say, use the term remaking because it's reshaping before our very eyes. We're seeing a, a shift to where all the institutions that we, that we relied on are being revealed for what they are. And as each one is revealed, there's some sort of distraction that keeps popping up to try to keep our eyes away from truth. Take Disney, for example. We saw this big blow-up of Disney, the reveal of what was going on within the walls of Disney, the exposure of the groomer culture, and the pedophile culture within Disney's walls. It had, it had everybody's focus at the time. Suddenly, within a few days, Disney's hardly in the news. But what is in the news? Elon Musk and Twitter, which makes no impact on anything. Elon Musk 
is under the umbrella of BlackRock. Twitter is owned by BlackRock. Tesla is owned by BlackRock. Lockheed Martin is owned by BlackRock. Disney is owned by BlackRock. There is there's no accidents here. So as you get one exposure going, they're going to slide over and they're going to give you a deception to pull your eyes away. We have the obligation to pursue truth. We have the obligation to stay true to that place where we can keep truth before us and now become accountable to what the truth says. And I think that's a big part that is too easily missed. One of the easiest traps of that is debt. We know we're not supposed to use debt. That's part of a Babylonian system. And yet every one of us has used debt and every one of us gets trapped in debt in one way or another, whether it's your house mortgage, whether it's your car, whether it's a credit card. The question, and I, it's a question I put to myself as much as any, is how is it that we know it's wrong and we end up doing it anyway? And our justifications are immense. It will be, well, I couldn't afford it otherwise. It will be because it was, I got a low interest rate. It's because I needed to use this at a certain time. But the question is, when we're doing that, where is our true trust in God? I'm as guilty as anyone here, and I'm not excluding myself on any of this, but it's a powerful question that we have to ask, that if we're truly trusting in God and we're trying to accelerate something with the use of debt, what exactly are we doing? Are we true in our relationship? And what is that telling us about where we are and what are what we're doing in our life? Is it the right path? Is it as is said that and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. What happens if we're not called, we're not following his purpose? We may love God, but we're not following his purpose. I don't have an answer here. But these are questions I think that we need to reflect upon because if we're truly trying to live in that life, we have to be working in a place that we're walking closer and closer to the walk that Jesus wants us to walk. And that often means that we have to cut back on things, downsize, change the way we do things, maybe change our job, maybe change the direction we're doing things in. I am one that believes truly that each one of us is, has gifts and talents that are put within us to do purpose and good purpose here on this earth. I don't believe that it was ever intended that we would come here and just get a nine to five job just to punch the ticket and to pay, pay the bills. I, that it does not fit the beauty and the royalty of what we come from and the amazing creation which Father has done for us. And yet that's where so much of us have fallen into. We need to seek that out in, in this time in particular, to seek out the true purpose of what we're intended to be. And that's not an easy, quick answer. It's not like sitting down in prayer and saying, okay, God, serve it up. I need to know where I'm at. That's a pursuit. That's a, a beginning of one thing and listening. And not just it's not just a, as happens very often because I think when we get caught in these traps, we look to the openings of things and just look as, well, this opportunity came up and I'm, that's obviously God-given. I would be cautious about every time a door opened just to assume that it was just God opening it. Not that God doesn't do great and amazing things, but I think that when we're being clear that we're seeking what his intent is for us, I also think that, and I do believe, that the enemy is quick there to try to trip things up whenever possible. 
This is part of our challenge of our walk, and it doesn't make life easy. It makes life difficult in a challenging way because we have to learn to discern. We have to learn what that is to find the narrow path and not just accept the easy and wide gate. And that's part of where we arrive because when we separate ourselves from that intimacy of Father and we're walking in that way to where we stumble and we trip into the gray space, I think we end up right where we are as a nation right now. Many people walk away from faith. Many people walk away from the church. They don't want something that's wishy-washy. They don't, they don't, at the same time, they want truth and they want honesty. They don't see it in much of the churches that we see today. They see a lot of hypocrisy and they see a lot of judgment. And this is pretty consistent when you talk to a lot of people that have walked away from the church, especially the youth. They're not seeing that draw, that power, that glory, that amazing intimate relationship with Jesus and that amazing love that sits there that guides us through the many things and opens up doors that only he can open. And that's a tragedy in a, in a large way. And it falls a lot on us now to try to offer that opportunity to the youth, no matter where they are, and the, and the people that have walked away. I've seen amazing transformations in this last couple of years, and I would assume many others have too. I've seen people that have no relationship with Jesus transform to a place where Jesus becomes part of their daily dialogue. The relationship and faith becomes intimate in everything they do. COVID provided that. The whole pandemic provided that because they had no place else to turn, but it didn't take much to get them there. Sometimes it just took a prayer or two. Sometimes it takes pointing the direction of scripture. And once people touch it and start to feel it, it moves them rapidly there. And that is the one beautiful thing about the last couple of years in this whole circus of an event we've been at is we have seen a greater awakening into the reaching and searching for Christ and the reaching and searching for Father. Because I think in the deep part of all of us, we're wired deeply to worship. The problem is that it's been so severed from the real life of our times, not just sitting in the pew, but the active relationship with Christ and with Father in our, in our daily lives. We are in a time when people literally need to see the evidence and feel the power of an intimate relationship. And a lot of that falls on us just to bridge those paths and walk that path and walk that walk that demonstrates truly what it is in that power. That's on each of us. And I, think that as we do, we become truly the most powerful lights anywhere around. We become the lanterns of the love and the glory which Christ puts within us. All of that sets back to a deep and intimate relationship with Father to truly love God and to be loved and to love him in such a way that we are walking in accordance with his purpose for us. The same sentiments are echoed in Ephesians 1.11 to do all things in accordance with the purpose of his will. So in all of this noise and confusion, in all of the concerns about what's coming, and all of the preparations and trying to metaphorically fill the silos, I think it's a fairly important perspective not to forget that 
the biggest preparation we can ever do is trust, to trust in him, to trust in Jesus, and to trust so deeply that no matter where we are, no matter what we have or don't have, we know that we will be okay. That's not easy when the world around you and everything around that you know starts falling apart. It's not easy when everything that we consider to be stable or foundational is crumbling. And for many, it's a traumatic event because they've never experienced anything like that. They've never lost everything. They've never had the rug pulled out from them completely. They've never experienced the, the threat of a, of a world that now becomes enemy to you, so to speak. And it is there to truly that the true and deep relationship with Christ manifests if you're willing to reach and if each of us is willing to reach. It's pretty much like an ambush, and we're all heading into a big ambush right now. And in those moments, once it explodes, and this explosion will be probably a steady detonation rather than a, a one explosive moment, but nonetheless, the snare has been set and the, the predators are on, on the move, and their prey is us. And that discussion that we, to bring that to Father is as the, we don't want to be the prey, obviously, but as we do that, the, the intimacy that we develop through our relationships with Christ makes all of that seem pretty trivial, but without it, it's life-threatening. It's on the other side of that, of that Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. On the flip side of that, I would say that it's a pretty crazy walk when you don't have that in your life and when you don't have the true love of God and the walking in his purpose because I think then that not all things do come together as good. Quite to the contrary, I think things start to fall apart pretty fast. And without having that and without having somebody there to say, hey, why don't you follow me? Let me show you some ways to the one of the greatest and most powerful loves you'll ever experience. That, that fall can be panicking, fearful, and one may not recover. Something I mentioned earlier today, and I'll talk more about it through the week, is what I, what I referenced at the end of Bended Knee today is Operation Sowing Seeds. And it's, a concept of, of literally, and I've mentioned it several times, metaphorically, spiritually, and physically sowing seeds. And I think it's so important to be doing this right now because we become these an important bridge for many, no matter where they say their faith is. As we start to actively encourage people to sow seeds physically, we're also sowing seeds spiritually. And that sort of bridge building right now can, is is almost of an urgent need. This world as it's unraveling is actually unraveling fairly quickly on many levels and people aren't comprehending the magnitude of what's coming. Famine and shortages of food are the great leveler. Once you get to that place, everything gets real really fast. When you don't have the money and you don't have or you don't have the food, life changes 
in an instant. And it, things get real like they've never been real before. Without that rock to turn to, without that rock to stand on and turn to God and to turn to Jesus and to truly be humbled, that can turn violent and crazy and unpredictable in a flash. Our, I think one of the greatest things people can do right now is literally, as I say, sowing seeds. Have seeds for your neighbor. Share them. At a neighbor, we, I've got a great garden. I still had a neighbor share seeds the other day. It was fantastic. But share seeds and use that as an opportunity to sow for the Spirit and to do so in a great way because these build connections. They build small bridges, footbridges perhaps in the beginning. Maybe they become bigger over time. And they start to build the ways to build calmness and a deeper love for God and a deeper relationship for purpose in this world. There are so many people that are just punching the clock. Go to the job, come home, turn on the TV, get through the end of the day. Go to the job, come home, turn on the TV, maybe chat a little bit with the family, plan a vacation, go to the job, wash, rinse, repeat over and over and over. And it's not a deep relationship that will help endure through difficult times. Most of what we face now, I think almost every one of us could agree that no matter where we are in a true relationship and deep relationship with Father, there's not going to be any anxiety and any fear. At least I'd hope so, because with that, no matter what we face, and if we're truly trusting in Him, we are going to get through this as He intends. And the difficulties are as great as the glories because they are part of what he needs us to endure and go through for his purpose. That's a difficult thing for many to appreciate because so many still believe that they control their destiny and they control their world. And when you take that layer of they controlling their destiny and we go back to where we begin this, which is these incantations and spells and sacrifices that this evil group does, and that's how they rule the world. It's very easy to get tripped up. And we're seeing this a lot. We're seeing especially the youth that are, don't have a solid foundation in, in God be easily tripped up and pulled away. And that's again, we start to see how quickly it's manifesting. Because the gap between a walking with God and the power in which they control is immense. But once you cross that, that chasm... And you step over, as we know. The ability for them to be pulled back into that circle of crazy diminishes massively. So I think in sum tonight, we really need to seek the sowing of seeds. We nearly need to encourage and share with others the intimacy with Jesus and that amazing beauty with God the power that that brings, the comfort that that brings, the strength that that brings, the fearlessness that that brings, and as well the demand to seek a level of perfection that is an everyday step, a reconfirming every day of what we're trying to reach. We're trying to reach and strive for greatness. We're trying to reach and strive for everything God wants for us, not to be trapped by the system, not to be snared by the system, but to walk free of it. And in so doing, to 
allow Christ's light to flow through us in a greater way than we ever imagined. As we reach that, we start to truly transform the world in a powerful way that is not stoppable because it's not about words, it's about presence. And that's the presence of Father himself. Let us pray. Father, very blessed to be here this evening. And Jesus says, thank you for all that you have given to us and as you continue to walk with us to guide us in these times. We're challenged, all of us, in the way this world is unraveling and not with fear or anxiety, but with the focus of where to step next and truly how to reach more people. We just pray this evening for that a clarity on the steps and the, the blessings of opportunity to be able to connect with more people, to connect with actual face-to-face interface, to discuss things, to be able to sow the seeds, both physically and metaphorically, to open those doors and those doors that only you can open to the blessings of reaching and coming to know you. There are still so many out here that are wandering and seeking, and we just pray for them. We equally pray for those that are walking solid, but are all of us feeling the pressure of this time to continue that deeper relationship and that discovery of intimacy that words can't effectively describe. We just ask that you'll guide us and lead us in this time. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So as a just an overall challenge, and I, it'll be an ongoing challenge, is just seek the opportunity to sow seeds. It's what I called, like I said today, Operation Sowing Seeds. It's a, by itself, it's a powerful thing. I, I related a story earlier today, two stories, which I'll close with tonight. One is my neighbor who has been watching the work that I've been doing in the backyard over the last 18 months, who has now been so moved by what's happened that she's tearing out her landscaping and she's she knows landscape gardening very well she's been reading up she was asking for locations to get seeds and a few other things and they're tearing out part of their landscaping to now put in a garden that's a very powerful um, confirmation of the work and it's it was not done in a way to any sort of proselytization they just literally witnessed and saw and felt how wonderful it was to start taking reclaiming control over food. That's empowering. That's a first step to me in, in a direction of sowing seeds. Then yesterday I was picking up uh, uh, some dry stock of beans for some more prep stuff, a pretty sizable order. And the woman at the store asked me, if I really thought that the food shortage issue was just was real or if it was just another scam to get us all in a fear panic. And I thought the question was an excellent question because it was recognizing that most of what we're dealing with is fear porn. But as I told her, I've challenged myself every day for the last three years to, to prove this wrong, to prove wrong that we're going to come to a place where we're going to be short of food, and especially the last six months. And I can't disprove it because it's not about what they say or not say. 
It's the fact that we're not seeing seeds go in the ground. And if things aren't going in the ground, you can't recover with that quickly. The result of that conversation was that she took out a pencil and paper or a pen and paper and she started to scribble notes and started to ask questions because she's never prepped before. What do I need to buy? How do I store it? What's, what's your best place to buy things? And then goes on to discuss if, I, if she should start a garden, which was another great discussion. And again, encouraging her to act immediately to get her raised beds going and get gardening going and not waste any more time. I don't know the result of that. But what I do know is that conversation which ended with a very nice blessing was just another opportunity for Jesus to step in just like with my neighbor and to see the excitement of both of these people, not fear, but excitement, just try to get involved and do this told me that there was a lot of God going on right there and not much else. That's a real powerful place to witness and it's a very powerful place to, to start to see how we conquer the enemy and we start to open up that opportunity for people to embrace that deeper love of God and to start touching in with what his purpose is. That's a great place to see and an amazing place to witness. So patriots, have a very blessed evening. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Our prayers right now are just absolutely fundamental in both the healing of this nation and in the reaching to others. We just need to continue to change this world one person at a time. And as we do, we will transform things in amazing ways because that's how God works. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place. For just such a time as this, occupy the land, expand the kingdom, mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
Over the hill where the lost got found Reaching through somehow Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud When the seasons change I know the space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Thank you. 